The first cell phone was demonstrated in 1973 by Martin Cooper. You know what wasn't demonstrated? Shared plans. Over 50 years later, you can save on one line thanks to Visible. When you switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible, you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. No hidden fees. No, really. You can look around for them. They're not there. Switch now at Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms. Visit Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Beyond and hello and welcome once again to IGN's number one place PlayStation show. I'm Max Scoville. I'm your host, and joining me today is Jada, who you'd never recognize, thanks to the talking viral sensation Chewbacca mask. You may recognize that's really. Jada. That's Jada. Wow. Uh, Josh Dew is also here. Yeah, I should have brought my, uh, you know, Greedo mask. I really appreciate that you didn't. And then Mitchell Saltzman joining us from a galaxy far, far away. Uh, we're going to be talking a little bit about Jedi Survivor today. It's a big, huge, massive game that just came out. Um, we've all been kind of dabbling with it. Some of us have played it all the way through. Some of us have played a little bit of it, and some of us are somewhere in the middle. Uh, but there's plenty to talk about there, plenty to unpack. Uh, also, want to sort of talk a little bit about Armored Core 6, Street Fighter 6, uh, and then, uh, I don't know, maybe some of the crazy car-related video game adaptations in the works. Maybe a fun surprise involving Bloodborne. Who knows? Let's see what we can get to. But first, let's get into Jedi Survivor. What do we think? It's a Star Wars game. It's a Star Wars game? It's a Star Wars game. Sure. It's the sequel to Fallen Order. Yeah. yeah. It's it a, definitely feels like it. It is a sequel. Mitchell, what did you what was your read on it? What did you think? You did all the preview. I mean, content. I would say I would say it's a dang good Star Wars game. Um you know, I think the big conversation about it is is really the, the performance issues that a lot of people have been having. Uh, which yeah, like it's a bummer. It, it it definitely feels like it should be running better than it does. But you know, it's god respawn is so good at creating like these these singular scripted moments of just like absolute insanity where you're running on walls you're doing double jumps you're doing all sorts of other things i don't want to spoil there is one moment in this game that i literally put down the controller when it was over went into our slack channel and said guys i think i just played the best video game moment i've ever played in my life wow <laughs> and That's i i don't big. know i i know max you're pretty deep into it i don't know if we're on the same same wing there is a, i don't know if we're it. on the same page i wouldn't call this the best video game moment there's a there's a sort of scripted <laughs> thing that happens very late game that is maybe the funniest thing that's happened front and center in a triple a video game in a long time I'm like okay. kind of shocked at how goofy they were willing to get with this game uh, while still having a very, uh, you know, very in intense, you know, good and battle, good, good and evil battle, Star Wars, et cetera, galaxy story, Jedi words. Um, <laughs> no, I, it, it, it honestly, it really sucks that it did have such a rocky launch or that it still is having kind of a rocky launch. And it sounds like the bulk of the issues are unfortunately on PC. Um, 
Which, you know, is, it's kind of a moving target. A PC is not one singular machine. It is it's 9,000 configurations yeah. with different settings and setups. Like, it's... Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, it's, it's really... It's a pity to see that kind of get the... Just kind of fall on its face out the gate like that. And I, you know, I have faith that Respawn will manage to tweak a lot of that and adjust a bunch of that. But it's just... It just sucks that this has been kind of the running theme lately. Um, you know, we've had... Yeah. The Last of Us PC port, and then this, and then Redfall just dropped today, and that's having its own set of issues. And it's just, you know, I, I think that's, I, I was, I'm a, I'm a pathetic, sad little optimist of a person sometimes. And my takeaway from uh, Cyberpunk's launch was maybe publishers will look at this and say, mm -hmm. we don't want to repeat this awful PR debacle of having a massive, beautiful game launch in a completely incomplete state. Uh, and I think the takeaway was that Cyberpunk still sold incredibly well, regardless <laughs> yeah. of the fact that it initially <laughs> resulted in a small class action lawsuit. See also Fallout 76. You know, it's sort of, uh, you know, uh, what's there's that Miyamoto quote about like a, a, a delayed game may someday be good, but a game that is broken at launch is whatever, you know. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. That, that, forever. That, but that didn't include patches. Right. You can just patch stuff and make it better. But, you know, uh, all, all bugs aside, Jedi Survivor is at its core a really, really, really good video game. Yeah. Are, yeah. I mean, are you guys playing it on PlayStation, Xbox? I don't know. What did you? I'm on PlayStation. PS5. Yeah. PS5. Mm -hmm. Me too. I, I am on Xbox. Okay. I mean, yeah. for me, on like, I still have like some performance issues on PS5 too, which is like, I guess, surprising because like there were some issues for me in Fallen Order, but I was like, eh, you know, it's their first go around. Like maybe it'll look better in the sequel, and like it's there's still the same issues besides like the absurd loading times from the first game like definitely a lot better in this mm -hmm. one yeah. but uh there's I, i'm still still seeing like a, a lot of the same like similar like graphical issues which not a deal breaker for me at all but it's just like oh you know i thought we're you know we're in playstation 5 now i thought we you know we're past this, this. yeah yeah yeah, no. I mean, this is this is the this is EA by way of Disney. You'd think that there'd be a pretty consistent level of polish to it, but right. mm. you know, it's a little bit a little bit janky. You'll have like a, a mustache that disappears and reappears periodically. Yeah. Odd odd bugs like that. Yeah, I had a I had a really I feel like a, I had good luck with the first one, and I didn't run into too many bugs. Uh, when I first loaded this one up in the very first area, uh, there's like a very kind of slow tutorialish walk and talk sequence, and I got to a certain point and it just hard crashed, and I was like. Ooh, this doesn't bode well. And I loaded it up again, and it was—it did not checkpoint me anywhere. I had to go through this entire walk. And oh, that's again. the worst. And then right after I did that, a little "it's fully installed and ready to play" thing popped up, and I was like, <laughs> "Was it not installed? What was it doing?" So maybe that was part of the problem. But you know, eventually it kind of—it sort of settled out. And the weird thing—and this—this strikes me as sort of such an odd—I don't know—measurement of where we're at with video games. The cutscenes have bigger issues than the game a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. Like the cutscenes have like a horrible jitter to them. Yeah. And it's just, it's just funny because, like, you'd think that would be the thing that's that's not – that doesn't really have as many variables. You know, it's right. obviously happening in-engine, but – It's more self-contained. There's less things, like you said, variables to yeah. come into – like, nothing's flying in the background. Yeah, for like... the most part, it's it's nailed down. Like, it's only going to happen a certain way in a cutscene, but, right. you know. The only difference is what's Cal's haircut like, yeah. basically. So what's what's your Cal's haircut? It's just I, – I still have the stock haircut right now. I'm looking for the mullet. I really want that mullet. <laughs> uh, what, what, what are you what are you rocking i've been i've been jumping around something that I, I learned about this game that really made it click for me is that you can cosplay you can be mm -hmm. whatever star wars hero you want i've been a little bit i've been a little bit kyle katarn i equipped like the pauldron got the full beard got the kind of short hair and then i was like you know what 
Kyle Katarn is too good of a character. I want to be Dash Rendar. And so I got my hair all slicked back. I got my Outrider armor with the big puffy vest. Uh, and it's just, I don't know. That's the thing. Yeah. Playing this game from the lens of somebody who played through Shadows of the Empire, it's a really good polished game. It is an <laughs> extremely well-made game. In fact, I would say no notes compared to Shadows of the Empire, which, you know, <laughs> is a little bit like playing a paper mache slideshow. But, you know, we've had, they've had some time to figure that out. Mitchell, what, what yeah. did you, you finished it. So what, what, what was your ending look? Oh, well, I mean, ending look kind of looked like a, a more normal cow, but I definitely played a good portion of the game as, you know, straight up Joe Dirt. This is this is the trashiest Jedi from, you know, <laughs> the most hillbilly part of the galaxy. Uh full with full on mullet, you know, sleeveless jacket and uh, you know, handlebar mus mustache. It was uh hey, it was a lot of fun. Outer rim. You guys got any outer rim jobs that need doing? <laughs> I mean, yeah, that first planet is like it is like a ranch and like you really fit in with that look there. I love it. Oh my goodness. I think it's bizarre that for Star Wars for all of the sort of western DNA it has that we don't really ever get anybody with just a rootin' tootin' cowboy voice until now. <laughs> so I don't know how I feel about that. It does feel a little bit weird. A little bit yeah. odd. Uh Let's talk about the stances, because that's a huge thing that actually matters, unlike the hair, which sometimes disappears on elevators or whatever. Um, the first game was really good about kind of like, yo, you have like you have a single bladed lightsaber. Figure that out. Then you get a double bladed lightsaber. Mm -hmm. And then it, didn't you 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 broke it in half at the end? Was that what happened? Towards the end. Yeah. 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 And, yeah. and to be clear, the like the double bladed stance wasn't a stance in the first game. It was you would do it and you would use like it, it would it be was, like a special move. Yes. Right. Um, right. So this this was the, the you know the first game where you know it actually got, got fully fleshed out into its own lightsaber stance. The first game only had single and double sided Darth Maul lightsaber. Right. Didn't it didn't break? Was that or was that no? Like it was it, like a, it, it was it like it did break. Okay, but it, like I said, it was it it was just used as a special move. Right, right. Yeah, no, I mean, Mitchell, I, I'm curious to sort of pick your brain on this because you are a huge fan of really tight action games and you love to just kind of get the feel for this kind of stuff down. Jada, you too. But I mean, no, it's, it's uh, he's was, the guest, so for yeah. sure. Please, what I, I want to hear Mitchell's thoughts yeah. too. What was your kind of takeaway on how the, the combat changed for this one? And I guess what was your preferred stance and what? Yeah, tell us about this. I really liked it because it felt like the stances were treated as different weapon classes almost like in dark souls so like you know the the cross guard lightsaber stance would be like the approximation of a claymore or like you know a zweihander in like a dark souls game um the the dual saber stance was almost like twin daggers like it was just super super fast um whereas you know the 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 regular single was more of a, a just a single uh or like a standard broadsword or something like that um so I, I really appreciate what they did with the stances. The thing that I liked the most, I actually used double the double double bladed stance the the most throughout the entire course of the game. And what I really love about that stance is that most Souls games they are committal when you it, it's a committal uh, combat system. And what I mean by that is mm -hmm. when you press the attack button, you're in that animation until the the animation is done. So you can't just like be oh wait i changed my mind actually i want to block uh in the middle of your attack uh but with the double the double blade stance you can do that you can cancel your animation mid attack with a block so you can go absolutely nuts and you know as long as you're fast enough to react to to enemies you can still block them 
Um, the trade-off is that you take a little more damage while you're in that stance. So there's a good checks and balance system in place with it. Um, and then, you know, the other the other stances are a little slower, so you kind of have to pick your spots a little better. Uh, it's just, I think it's a really uh, well-thought-out combat system. You know, they they really nailed lightsaber combat in this game, in my opinion. What was your least favorite stance that you like? Probably you cross guard. Cross guard. <laughs> what? Probably I can't see. cross guard. I'm, I'm excited for the cross guard because it reminds me of when I played Jedi Power Battles and you'd get the lightsaber extender like upgrade and your lightsaber would just be like double to triple in length. So I'm really looking forward to that because it just looks like it's a powerhouse. Man, yeah. I, I like I, I love I'm, the cross guard. I mean, it's a cool, it's a cool stance. And I love like, you know, when you hit someone with it, you, it's see, awesome. The difference between you and me is you have what they call reflexes. And I <laughs> am just a big bumbling buffoon who's like, I'm going to hit you with the big thing. I'm just going to wave it around. Uh, I just like to press, I just like to press buttons, guys. Yeah. Uh, and with the like cross guard, you really. Once really hard, you know, and just really. Just yeah, yeah. Jam it in there. <laughs> Press really hard, move your whole body with the with the slash. <laughs> um, but no, like the cross guard, it, it is a very slow weapon. Um, I found that this is the kind of game where you're you're constantly getting shot from off screen, mm -hmm. and so every every blaster that hits you kind of interrupts you. So that that wasn't I wasn't a big fan of that with the the cross guard. I felt like I was getting stifled too much. Mm. Yeah, maybe it's harder for like crowd control stuff. I definitely, yeah, I, I could definitely see that even after just like Coruscant, like there's so many oh. stormtroopers just shooting at you. I was like, I was like, this is way more than I feel I ever got in Jedi Fallen Order shooting at me at, at once. So if you start pairing it with force powers and you do get like an upgrade later on, that's sort of a crowd control move, like a big wider swipe. But yeah, I, I could see that. I, I was, I was kind of dabbling between cross guard and then like the blaster build, mm -hmm. which is really just the, it's just, it's the, I call it the nerf herder build. It's the really the cheapo lazy <laughs> Loser patrol, just really, <laughs> I frequently, I would also just make people fight my battles for me. Like I'd be up on a rafter and I'd be like, Hey, you hate your friends. Okay, go kill them. <laughs> Wait, so you were rocking the cross guard stance for most of it? Yeah, no, I went, I went pretty heavy on that. I, I, I love that when like I, the whole thing with lightsabers is they don't, they don't make any sense. They don't make any sense in a, in a scientific remote. Like that's where it just becomes full space fantasy. It all falls apart. Uh, the idea that, an object would suddenly be like heavier, you know, like I understand yeah. that it's like, oh, it's like unstable. It's got like three little, you know, it's got the cross guard thing going on. But the fact that he like, he's like lugging it like it's a claymore and it's got yeah. this big, <laughs> like that was in, in A New Hope, like the duel between Vader and, and Obi-Wan is like, that's supposed to be kind of Arthurian. Like they're, they're very much dueling, like they're holding big, you know, medieval swords. And that kind of went out the window in Empire. And suddenly it's like, no, it's more like samurai, more katana like whatever. Yeah. But I love that this kind of returns to that where you're like, you're really hefting it. And it's like you kind of they kind of did this a bit with the dark saber and Mandalorian, where it's like it's actually hard to wield, despite the fact that they're all sort of the size of a flashlight. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't make any, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, how was the blaster stance? Like they didn't show any of the blaster stance in preview content, so I'm like, I'm it's most curious about this. I wasn't sure if it was going to be like actually a viable option to play like the you know blast people or if it was going to be kind of like a bloodborne thing where it's just for interrupts or whatever uh it's really handy like there's certain enemies that are like way weaker to blaster shots or blaster damage um and it's good for just kind of if you're like approaching kind of a mob and you're like i'm just going to pick off the weak guys from a distance and go pew pew uh and it's I, I haven't even fully like upgraded it but you get like later on i think you get um like perks that have like 
like ricochet effect where if you like shoot one guy it like pinballs around oh, or whatever nice. yeah. uh, so i need to yeah. mess with that but is is it like are like the blaster shots is it like use up a resource or anything or is it just yeah it, it does okay i figured as much yeah, like, they have ammo okay i was gonna say because like i feel like if you have a blaster and you're just shooting you just like i don't have to like get I'm close gonna, to I'll anybody be, i'll be a stormtrooper now yeah, yeah that'd be great just, <laughs> you charges you get like a power blast at the bottom which is like two shots whatever yeah. and then you can do a thing where you um it, it's like it uses your force power to refill your blaster bolts i haven't okay. unlocked okay. that yet i think it says like it's like Cal like waves his lightsaber around in a flurry of moves that refill his blood. And I'm just like imagining him being like, like basically waggling his Wiimote. Like, he's <laughs> like no more hero <laughs> style. It's like how to reload your yeah. gun by waving your thing around. I don't know. So, so the blaster style is kind of like a fencer stance. So he does oh, like okay. a, 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 almost like a Dante style, like, you know, trillion stab. Okay. And every hit, every hit that he lands with that refills his, his blaster. So like the the whole idea of the stance is that it's it's range and melee, and you fill your ranged uh, combat by attacking with melee. So every every like slash you land refills a shot of your your blaster. Um, and also, what's really cool about it is that you can charge up your your blaster. It has like a charge shot, and you can keep it charged while you're still attacking. So you can like you know do a bunch like kill a guy and then the other guy comes in you hit him with the charge shot it blasts it blasts his stamina away you you know work on him it, it's it's a really cool stance i like it a lot and also i think like the ultimate upgrade for it is kind of like the classic dead eye thing where you everything slows down you can paint a bunch of targets and then you shoot them all at once classic uh, jedi so it, just yeah. shooting, yep. shooting yep. everybody in the room every jedi <laughs> so the game allows you to just swap between two stances unless you go to a meditation point so mm -hmm. what were your two was it it was cross guard and then blaster blaster Mitchell, yeah. what were you doing uh i think i did dual saber and blaster or uh yeah the dual saber and blaster for most of it it's very funny that nobody's like doing the so, first two that were like in the original games like i already did single yeah. and like so yeah so that was pretty that was exactly my my thought process yeah <laughs> i think i'm like i'm very committed right now to the double blade that's what i'm really liking just because of like the just the ability to mow through people and especially bosses. Mm -hmm. You're talking um, about the like the Darth but it's Maul, dual side. Right? Oh, yes, oh, the, yes, yes, like Darth Maul. Oh, the Darth yes, Maul. Yes, okay. yes, yes. Um, and then uh, I'm liking the dual yeah. dual sabers. I think I might stick with that one, but I also do really want to try the cross guard. Um, that's the one I was like I'm I've been most anticipating. Yeah, so. that's cool. I I mean I kind of want to go back and mess with single blade because it is that sort of like pure like this is this is a textbook Jedi Knight. The, the double one, like, I love the double blade when it's Darth Maul. I just feel like Cal can't, he can't pull it off. <laughs> Cal really? can't pull off the double bladed lightsaber. I don't it know, man. He I've been tearing through it, I have tore, tore through an Inquisitor with it. He doesn't easily. have the attitude. Maybe when he gets the mullet, I don't know. Like, I just feel like there's a certain, <laughs> there's a certain attitude you have to have to rock oh, a it's double just, blade. It's yeah. like, he doesn't have that coolitude level. Yeah. No, it's just, I don't know. It's, he's no Exarchon. He's no Darth Maul. He just All doesn't, right. he's not carrying himself like that. I don't know. There's a certain... I mean, maybe yeah. it's maybe it's all about like the the color of the lightsaber as well. Like, yeah, I've already decorated my lightsaber. It's like coral and purple. Okay. Like my my lightsaber is. I feel like certain colors just don't work with a double blade. Yeah. Double blade. That's it. It's, it. it's, yeah. it's <laughs> like a hat. It's hard to pull off. Like not everyone can rock it. You know, it's just a certain. <laughs> it's a look. It's a whole thing. It's like a cape. You know, it's too much. It's it's theatrical. But a, a regular one. But he know? can pull off a poncho. He did a poncho. Is just fine I love in the that there. One. There's is there are there any ponchos in this game? Yes, there, there is. Are. There is a poncho they can get. I like. Is it like the hardest thing to get in the game? 
it's, it's pretty tough. <laughs> it's after the spawn of Ogdo or yeah. whatever. Right? Oh my yeah, god, that's well spoilers, you get it for Ogdo. That's really funny. I, one of the first chests you open, he's like, "I bet there better not be a poncho in here." Like, I love that they just, <laughs> they just like throw shade at the ponchos being the only collectible. Well, yeah, I mean, Jedi Survivor is a really good time. Um, I'm extremely, I'm, I'm so close to finishing it. I'm really excited to like finally get over there and then go just mess around and do weird side quests. Go kick that frog's ass. Get the yeah. poncho. I, uh, that's what I'm planning to do as well. Yeah. Jada, you've been reading the, the book. Yeah, I've been reading the, the Battle Scars, which is, uh, takes place in between uh, 1 and 2, or Fallen Order and uh, Survivor. Um, and it's pretty good so far. I'm about, I think I'm like 13 chapters in. Um, it covers a lot of the, the early parts kind of recant like hey if you've never if you didn't play fallen order here's who cal kestis is and who grease is and marin and all them um and it just involves them going on a adventure or whatnot and so and there's some there's some love some love in the in the in the Ooh, in space good. so and i won't tell you who it is but uh i enjoyed it so hmm. i wonder i wonder if because uh, cal talks about a lot of adventures that happened off you know in between the the two games but we don't we don't have any context to i wonder if uh if you read the book you'll you'll know what he's talking about that's why i'm reading the book because i'm hoping that there is certain tie-ins to that um so far from what i've read and what i've played nothing has aligned yet but mm. i'm still I just left Coruscant, so I'm very early. Something I, I really love about the game is that it feels it feels so much like a Star Wars sequel. Yes. In that it mm. picks up and something like stuff's been happening. Yep. You know, there's no open crawl, but like right out the gate, you're like, wait, who are these people? What's going on? That like time has passed. It's very much like, you know, in Empire, they're like, Yeah, that bounty hunter almost caught up with us on Ord Mantel. Like it's this feeling of like, oh, they've been doing stuff while I've been away. Like, mm -hmm. and it's kind of cool to come back to that. And I don't know, it's it's God, it's just such a it's such a solid like sequel. Yeah. They also like you know, you wrote it in our like run a show of like it kind of like shows like kind of lack of morals kind of like thing. I'll get That's, to that in just a moment. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say, like the book definitely uh touches on that mm -hmm. kind of lack of morals and such. No, I mean the big thing with, you know, Jedi Fallen Order, Jedi Survivor is the fact that like Cal is he's kind of he's gray, you know? Yes. Things have kind of gone sideways. And I think that the lack of morality in this game or the fact that it's not strictly adhering to the Jedi code makes it a much, much better game. So Jedi Survivor juggles a lot of systems and mechanics. It is a Souls-like Metroidvania collect-a-thon with the usual dusting of RPG mechanics that you find in literally everything these days. But first and foremost, it is a good old-fashioned action-adventure game that, if you will pardon the expression, really makes you feel like a Jedi Knight. Now, one major reason that it's so much fun is that it doesn't make you worry too much about whether you are doing the right thing. Narratively, it touches on the usual good and evil themes, but mechanically, it just, just lets you have fun with the Force, even if that means playing a little fast and loose with the Jedi Code, and really, it's so much better because of it. Now, the first game to give players a lightsaber and Force powers and really just let them go nuts was Dark Forces 2 Jedi Knight, way back in 1997, I believe. But there was a catch. Picking the aggressive Force powers, i.e. the fun ones, would force push its protagonist Kyle Katarn towards the dark side of the force. And if you use too much force lightning or force destruction or force pushing, you would get the bad ending just because you wanted to unlock the ability to throw your lightsaber at people and have a good time. And yes, that is how the force works, but it puts a damper on anybody who wants a guilt-free power fantasy video game. 
Now, morality is one of the fundamental systems that makes Knights of the Old Republic games the classics that they are, but they're RPGs. And by definition, the fun is in playing a character's role and choosing how they engage with the narrative. Even then, KOTOR's developer Bioware later revealed that the vast majority of Mass Effect players chose the Paragon good guy path. So it seems like people really want to be the literal hero, even when the option to be bad is presented to them. The Force Unleashed games lived up to their namesake, really unleashing the Force, and the principal design philosophy from day one was to make a game that, quote, let you kick someone's ass with the Force. I believe those were the words uttered to George Lucas in a conference room, and he said, oh, that sounds pretty cool to me. Now, whether or not that was proper Jedi behavior was a non-issue because you played as Vader's secret apprentice, but it is also a far cry from that archetypal hero's journey, as Galen Merrick was more of a morally gray anti-hero. He is literally a star killer, not a Skywalker. Now, we have Cal Kestis, who kicks plenty of people's ass with the Force while still pretty fitting squarely in that conventional heroic Jedi archetype. And, you know, there's a case to be made that if the Jedi Order hadn't fallen, he might still need a few credits to graduate. So Cal is kind of a Jedi with a GED, but you know what they say, desperate times call for desperate measures. And I guess you could say the same of dark times and dark measures. So, yes, he murders hundreds of Imperial troops and lays waste to the local wildlife and basically moonlights as a bounty hunter, but he is still a good guy and a Jedi. It says so on the title screen. Cal might be fighting for his own survival, but he still makes time to be chivalrous and help out the locals. Peace and justice might be in short supply under the Imperial rule, but our guy is doing his part to uphold it, even if that means rescuing prospectors and fighting raiders in some podunk backwater system. Not exactly fighting for the fate of the galaxy. We'll allow it. The original trilogy is filled with plenty of grand heroic moments, but none of the major lightsaber duels end in the conventional good guy beats bad guy fashion. Obi-Wan basically throws the fight with Vader. When Luke and Vader square off, Luke eventually gets cornered, disarmed, dishanded, and then hung out to dry on a weather vane. And then in the big final showdown with the Emperor, Luke chooses pacifism and Vader does his dirty work for him. These scenes all make for great, compelling, classic storytelling, but any of these as a final boss fight in an action game would kind of feel like a cop-out assuming that it didn't just give you a game over screen and make you do it all over again. A boss fight that you win by refusing to fight the boss really only flies in conversation-heavy RPGs or Kojima games. Now, Fallen Order and Survivor both have stories to tell, but they also exist to let players live out their fantasies of swinging around a lightsaber and using the Force. So, whether you're playing on the hardest difficulty and relishing the euphoric thrill of each challenge that you overcome, or taking it easy and letting off some steam, wreaking havoc as an unkillable space wizard, the end result is the same. It feels good to play. Star Wars is full of stuff that makes for fun video games. Lightsabers? Hell yes. Force powers? Sign me up. Strictly adhering to the Jedi Code? It's not exactly what I would call fun. So I'm really glad that Respawn went super hard on the first two and left the hokey religions and philosophical mumbo jumbo to be dealt with in other corners of the galaxy or tackled on the narrative front so it doesn't trip up gameplay. And really, let's be honest here, whether you're a Sith Lord or a Jedi Knight, force throwing people off of a cliff is a blast. Yeah, it is. I throw so many people off of cliffs. It's so good. It's just, a, it's just, a, it's just a great I mean, feeling. That's like that's just the core core mechanic in this game. Lightsaber stuff, sure, but like, there's so many people on cliffs who are like, sure is great up here on this cliff. <laughs> just let me survey this endless be, chasm below me. Pity if I took a tumble off of said <laughs> cliff. This episode of Podcast Beyond is brought to you by NordVPN, a great way to protect yourself online while also improving your overall experience while enjoying cyberspace. Are you tired of streaming shows, movies, or sporting events being unavailable in your region due to draconian restrictions that are based on completely arbitrary geographical boundaries in physical meat space? Well, switch your virtual location to a place where that's no longer an issue. 
The same goes for shopping. You can get the best possible deal on subscriptions, flights, hotels, and other goods and services like that from websites that like to play favorites with certain territories and currencies. Meanwhile, encrypted traffic protects your data from hackers, viruses, malware, phishing sites, and other harmful hitchhikers of the information superhighway. Though really, it's more of an information autobahn because there is no speed limit with NordVPN. It is the fastest VPN in the world, so there won't be any buffering or lagging, and it'll stop your ISP from throttling your bandwidth. Isn't that nice? One NordVPN account can be used across six devices, which is great. My wife has been using our account to watch all sorts of awful British reality TV shows that aren't available here, like Argument Island or Half Naked Idiots Fall in Love, and everyone's favorite, The Worst People Just Got Married, Let's Hear Them Talk About It. Shows that are so bad, they're blocked in our part of the world for our own good, but luckily, NordVPN allows her to trick the internet into thinking she's in the UK, so she and her awful friends can shriek and howl and cackle at the TV while I'm trying to relax. I've been using my VPN too. You know what I've been using it for? None of your business. Yep, that's right. And thanks to NordVPN, my data is safely encrypted, all bundled up in a weighted security blanket of incomprehensibly complex math problems, and nobody can tell what it's doing under there. Data, you do your thing. I'll leave you alone. One month of NordVPN coverage costs less than a cup of coffee. Coffee can't protect you from cyber criminals unless you throw it at them or pour it on their computers, and you'll probably get in trouble for doing that. So get NordVPN instead. To get the best possible discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com slash pobeyond. That link will also give you four extra months on the two-year plan. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. Again, that is nordvpn.com slash pobeyond. And now, back to the show. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Now, uh, shifting gears here, Mitchell, you have been pretty busy. You're always really busy. You do a lot of stuff. Uh, most recently, you did some really cool preview coverage, some interview stuff with the folks at FromSoft about Armored Core 6 Fires of Rubicon, which is huge, massive, exciting. Um, what's, what's your read on this? What's your takeaway? I think this game is going to be really, really good. Um, you know, I, I, I'm coming into this as someone who didn't really engage a lot with the Armored Core games um you know as a as a teenager because it's it's been that long since uh you know the the series was really a prominent you know series in the in the game industry but uh i'm really excited for this game it 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 kind of ties together that fantasy of of being a you know a mech pilot and you know fighting other mechs but also incorporates the customization element that also comes with that that kind of territory so you know one of the things that they show in the the trailer is that you can customize 
virtually every part of your mech you can write down from like the legs you can swap out your bipedal legs you can get uh quadruped legs and let that let you hover you can get tank treads that let you get kind of power slide through enemies um and it's a mission based structure so you're kind of going to have to tailor your your loadout to what the mission is kind of asking for um and it just it seems really exciting there's a good mix of both range and melee combat um so yeah i i think i think this gun this game's gonna be really special and i think from software has learned a lot since they they last touched the series over the course of making you know the entire soul series and they're gonna take those lessons and really inform the development of this one do you think do you think it's gonna be do you think it's going to land with with Soulsborne fans? I mean, I think a lot of them are kind of at this point like will religiously follow FromSoft into a fire. But in this case, it's like it is a it is a different experience. It is. I mean, it's a good question. It's the genre is very different. You know, this is this is not a a you know dark RPG with like you know intense difficulty at every turn um i do think that the armor game armor core games do have a, a reputation for being very complex and you know somewhat difficult but not to the same extent as as the soul series what i do think souls fans will appreciate is the fact that you know the boss battles are very much in the same vein of like you know you're you're meant to play them multiple times you're not expected to to beat them on your first try you're expected to learn their learn their attack patterns find something that works and you know exploit weaknesses which is you know one of the i think the core appeals of of the soul series it's the fact that you know you work hard for victory and you get properly rewarded the thing i saw people sort of talking about in on reddit or wherever was the the key thing from the Soulsborne series that might, that kind of carries over to this aside from big boss fights and, you know, be having to get good or whatever is like people who like to craft, who craft, craft builds for souls games, right. like people who are really mm -hmm. into like finding that perfect balance of stats and gear and getting it all lined up to find something that really feels good to play. And in this case, you're just, you're tinkering with a mech. You're like you're buying mech parts. Yeah. 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 I mean, from what I understand, I don't know how you're getting the mech parts. I, I assume it is, you know, you are, choosing what you want and you're you're purchasing purchasing those with with yeah craigslist yes. <laughs> face facebook market marketplace <laughs> um i i assume you're you're you know you're spending money and you're, you're you're purchasing the the things that you want to upgrade your mech with but you know i'm i didn't really get to to talk to them too much about how you're actually obtaining those mech parts and uh you know what the limits are on equipping them um so Fortunately, I think people who are are bigger fans of of the Armor Core series in the past will probably have a better idea of how that works. I'm just really hoping that I can get really weird with my mech designs. Um, like I told you guys in the past, like I finished my like my later stages of Elden Ring, I went through just dual wielding shields, and so like I just want to have like tank treads for arms in Armored Core Six. Yeah. And just kind of like run into people. Wheels for them. legs and legs for wheels. Yeah, shields yeah. for. Yeah, head let me just way. let me just handstand through these robots. Yeah, just like one of like it's a BattleBots game. Yes, exactly. Yes, yes. yes. You want to optimize for something ridiculous. Exactly. Like, I wonder if I can get through the whole game of just being all tread. Exactly. Hard sci-fi <laughs> BattleBots. That's a good yes. way of looking at it. Yeah.
That's uh, awesome. Now, the good news is we don't have to wait super long to find out what Armored Core 6 is like because it is coming out August 25th. There's plenty of other stuff coming out between now and then, but if you are particularly in the market for stuff involving giant robots, I figured we could round, round up round up some of the various mech games out there, easily accessible on PlayStation and other platforms. Uh, just just to stuff, to, if you need to be a big stomp and metal robot, just do some mech stuff, we got you covered. First things first, Mech Warrior 5 Mercenaries. This one I feel like is very much, uh, I've, I've, I've dabbled in this. Mech Warrior is such an old and kind of, uh, you know, storied series. And this, it very much is like, this is, this is not a super robot. This is a walking tank. Like this mm -hmm. is a tank with legs. Uh, this, you know, this does let you get kind of get your hands dirty with like tweaking various stats and, you know, attaching different gear and stuff. And it's, you know, it, it, it might not be the full on sort of like arcadey. Like, I think it's sort of closer to the kind of the sim side of things as far as uh, piloting a completely fictional vehicle object, whatever you want to call it. Uh, but no, it's it's a, it, that that one's a good time. On the more arcadey side of things, there is of course Titanfall Two, which Heck yeah. if you are coming off Jedi Survivor and looking forward to Armored Core, this seems like a thing you should be messing with if you have not messed with this. Even if you have messed with it, you should go play Titanfall Two again because it's one of the best single player FPS campaigns in ever made. Keep hearing that, and I always, I'm like, I should play. Josh, go like play it. Josh, guys, Josh. Look, I, look, I know I'm supposed to play it, okay? I, I'll play it at some point. You're not allowed to play Tears of the Kingdom until you finish Titanfall 2. Oh my god, you're gonna oh. have to, like, put me in prison. <laughs> Josh, it's like, it's like a, it's like a six-hour campaign. It you, is. Can, you can do it in, okay. in a single day. It's so right, short. Right, right. <laughs> it's a good time. Yeah. And it's just, you just get in your, you get your big, your big buddy, buddy Titan. BT. Yeah. Good time. Yeah. Uh, an older mech-related series is, of course, the Lost Planet trilogy, which thankfully is available on the sort of streaming PS Plus classic side of things. All three of them. What is it like the, the first two are good and the third one kind of loses the thread? Yeah, the third one kind of, it went, so like the first one was very like survival action. And then the second was like, hey, we're going to add a little bit more action, take a little bit of the survival out, but it's still there. Third one was just kind of like full on action, like killing hordes like and hordes. Big co-op focus in that one also, yes, right? Yes, yes. The third one yeah. was very co-op focused, which I thought was cool, but it definitely was, you know, they got away from a lot of the heat system. It wasn't as big of a thing as it was in the first one. I mean, it seems like there really was a, a stretch there where every major publisher, specifically Japanese publisher, had its, like, flagship uh, mech mech series. And, uh, you know, Capcom was putting out Lost Planet stuff, and I'd love, I'd love to see them go back to that. Uh, I remember being like really curious, kind of skeptically interested in Lost Planet 3. And then I think I demoed it and somebody pointed out that it was like the same kind of the same sort of dynamic as Master Blaster, where like you could be a little guy running around and then you could go back and get in your thing and you're like a bigger guy running around. And it's like that's kind of a cool setup right there. But I think it, it wound up coming out and it was just it, it got like, I don't know, sixes or whatever. I never, never messed with it. But now I now I can. If I, if I choose to, if there's not enough other stuff going on. Um, the Zone of the Enders, the second runner, I guess Zone of the Enders 2, a.k.a. the second runner, and then it's got Mars, but it's spelled with an upside-down A because you can't just name something normally. No. Mitchell, you no, no, I'm sure. I'm sure there's an I'm sure there's an important story significance to the upside-down A. <laughs> <laughs> it's because it's, uh, the, it's a, the shape of the rocket, like, landing. Sure. Lands. I'll, we'll, <laughs> sure, why not? Uh, but yeah, I I like a, uh, I'm a pretty big fan of Zone of the Enders. I didn't play the the first one. The second one, I don't remember a lot about it other than the fact that the main character's name is Dingo. <laughs> 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 um, 
and I remember it having like really good fast paced mech combat. Um, the thing that really struck out, like struck me was the fact that when you come in for a melee attack, the camera kind of swings around and does this really cool cinematic kind of uh combat camera. Um, and you know, this is, this is a, uh, it's, it's a Kojima game, isn't it? It's I so, think like produced it. Well, either way, there it has Metal Gear Solid vibes for sure. In like I, my the, favorite the part direction. of the first game was that if you open the case and then look next to the disc, there was a second disc that was the tanker level for Metal Gear Solid Two. Yeah, which uh -huh. I still think is like maybe a top three Metal Gear Solid game for me. Specifically, that demo, it's a good time. But I I do think the the big claim to fame for the first game was that it was the delivery method for the Metal Gear Metal Gear Solid Two demo. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh. Now, one thing that didn't grab me about Zone of the Enders is it's very, I feel like it's very like ethereal, like floaty space super robot. Like it's a lot of neon lasers and colorful stuff and fast pace. And I'm like, I like my, my robots to be a little bit tankier, you know, like a little bit more grounded. Uh, so Gundam Evolution walks a very weird line because that's kind of getting your Super Smash Brothers roster of famous mobile suits and making them fight each other a la Overwatch. It's basically like an Overwatch Yeah. Clone. But people seem to be pretty into it. And I, I don't know if you've got a fondness for any particular, you know, Gundams or mobile suits, as it were. Uh, this is it's, you know, it's fun to mess around. I think this could also kind of scratch that uh, oh, that PVP itch because I know that Armored Core upside down A. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah there was, I was just going to say there was the upside down, down A. So that's, that's the, maybe that's the connection. So that's the turn A Gundam, which was designed by Sid Mead, which is weird because he's also designed the BART tray. I just built one of these. Anyway, um, the the cockpit is located in a very literal part of the robot. Uh, <laughs> and that is true also of Zone of the Enders. So maybe... That's why. Maybe the turn oh. A is a crotch in the, the little... I don't know. <laughs> little, maybe the upside-down Mars is... Yeah. Interesting. Who knows? Anyway, Gun of Evolution is a free-to-play one. You can mess with that for free. Play that it's explained in the... in the, Anyway, 13 Sentinels Aegis Room. I don't know about this one. This was uh, Vanillaware? Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mitchell, I think you've probably played more of this than I have. I've barely kind of touched the surface on this one. Um, but this was the one that had like, didn't have like time, different timelines and it was like very RPG ish as well. Correct. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, I, I want to say it's kind of a mix between a visual novel and like a real time strategy game. Um, that's right. It, it's, it's different perspectives, different timelines. Um, very winding complex story that uh you know kind of, kind of comes together and you know intertwines all the different characters and uh yeah i i didn't beat it i got probably like eight hours in or so and like literally right when the story started picking up uh one of these days i gotta go back to it but the art is unbelievable the the performances are really good uh really solid game all around Definitely a highly I got some kind of Evangelion vibes from this. Where it's, yeah. Yeah. Just a little. I mean, it's, it's children and robots fighting, <laughs> fighting for, you know, causes that are maybe questionable. <laughs> you know, it's, they were born under a meteor shower. It's their fault. They have to file it, pilot the <laughs> robot. They're new types. It's the only way to go about it. Uh, Shinji, get in the robot. Get in the robot. <laughs> Disappoint your father. <laughs> Uh, then there's the Rift Breaker. This is a more recent one. Uh, this is interesting because it's like it's uh, action RPG, but with like base building mechanics. In yeah, there too. yeah. It's it's very kind of like they are billions, kind of where these creatures are constantly mm. attacking your base, and you're building up your base to build up defenses to survive, and then you upgrade your mech to survive longer. And it's just this whole like ongoing battle 
to uh, survive as long as you can and kill as many beasts and adventuring out in your mech that you can customize with different skills and weapons and abilities. And um, it, it's kind of a cool just blend of genres. Um, I think I saw the base building and my eyes glazed over and then I, I don't know, I want to give this a shot because killing a lot of bugs seems, it seems antithetical to carefully engineering things, you know? Yes. Fighting hordes is not really the same as you know put putting doing careful busy work there doing all that stuff yeah they they the, the the hordes get very intense um i believe this one was is in the playstation catalog i'd have to double check but i know it was in there for a minute um but yeah definitely definitely an interesting one to check out if you haven't tried this one yet now finally i mentioned sort of all the publishers used to have their respective mech series uh there was front front mission was a big one, which has since kind of gone the wayside. And then there was a weird spinoff called Left Alive, which had character and mechanical designs by Yoji Shinkawa, who did Metal Gear. Uh, this was I remember being like kind of curious about this, and I was like, why didn't I play it? And I pulled it up, and I think it's got like a thirty eight percent on Metacritic. Like it is <laughs> Left, Left Alive was bad. Was it bad? Was it that? Bad? It is was, it like it was is it very like bad? Playable yeah. bad? You... It was like it was very. It, you know how we say a game we said like Star Wars you said Star Wars makes you feel like a Jedi Knight yeah. this does not make you feel like a mech oh no like a good <laughs> mech pilot this makes you feel left alive <laughs> makes you feel like you weren't left alive oh no oh, um, it, yes. yeah I remember playing a very small amount of this one back in the day and it's just like uh, okay I think I'm gonna play something else now this is just gonna this is getting added to the abandoned list oh no that's but bummer. if you've played everything else on the list why not yeah it's 90% <laughs> off steam right now so. there you go sure, it's it cheap could, it's very cheap and what a deal and there's one I totally <laughs> forgot I should have added this sooner Metal Wolf Chaos Ooh. that is yeah. which is actually a FromSoft game so if you're looking for that armored core vibe maybe a little bit more tongue in cheek a little bit goofy over the top you play as President Mike Wilson Mitchell, have you played this one? I have not. What? I've, I know I know a lot about it, but I've not actually played it. Oh, dude, yeah, no. Devolver, uh, <laughs> Devolver re-released this or did like a whole remaster of this, and it's just, you know, I love that we're all like, yes, FromSoft, the, they make serious, intense RPGs, but also <laughs> this, which is completely wackadoo over the top. You're, yeah, you're the you're the president. It's, yeah. I've I've got Time. I've got a couple other sm quick honorable mentions. Uh, Earth Defense Force, which allows you the later ones allow you to get into like kind of mech suits and stuff like that, and you're fighting just giant ants and spiders. You think they would have gone uh, to I know. sooner, but they're like right? send the spacemen out. Like um, and then the other one is I played on my like original Oculus Quest. It's called Archangel, um, and it's a mech game, and you you can customize your mech, but it's kind of like the way I I. I it, it felt to me was like kind of a blend of a mech game and Star Fox because it's very much on rails and you're going through levels shooting things. Um, but it was a cool little mech game. And you got okay. to choose different mechs and All customize right, well, it and stuff like that. throwing our VR stuff in there, 100-foot robot golf too. There you go, yes. Yeah. <laughs> just does some golfing. It's a good time. I, I love mechs. I love big robots. They're so cool. I love them very much. Very excited for Armored Core. Uh, anyway, the opposite, I don't even know how to segue to this. Street Fighter VI is coming out pretty soon. Mitchell, you just put up the <laughs> final preview for this. I've got a segue. If you like robots, but you want to punch them in the face, Street Fighter VI is on the way. Me and Mitchell got to play it. We had a clean intro Yeah, we there. punched some drones. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, cut it. we'll cut it. Cut it. Cut around Street it. Street Fighter, we'll fix it, fix it and post the whole thing. We'll just, <laughs> so Street Fighter VI is coming out soon. Mitchell, 
Jada, you guys both got to play it and do some fighting in the streets. We did. We we fought in them streets. It was they were they were very bloody without any blood. There's no blood in there. It's odd. What so what's up with World Tour mode? Mitchell, you want to start? Uh, sure. World Tour mode is it's basically if you ever played some of the older Mortal Kombat games, they had like this mode called Conquest, where you played as a character called Shujinko, you wandered around the world, you learn moves from other fighters. Um, it's very similar, and there's me punching an uh, old, old lady in the face. <laughs> Sorry, got distracted by the, the video. <laughs> uh, but it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a mode where you wander around the world, and you, the, the whole goal is to kind of become a stronger fighter. And you do that by leveling up, by fighting you know random people in the streets. You have masters that are the character, the, the main roster characters in the game. So you start off with Luke being your master. So you kind of have his his move set. You have two of his special moves. As you continue playing, you can build up your bond level with Luke. Learn more of his special moves. Learn his super moves eventually. Um, and then you can kind of just venture out and also meet other characters and take their moves on into your your repertoire. Um, it's, it's a surprisingly deep mode. I, I don't think people are, are really ready for <laughs> how much this mode is going to kind of in, like, a, just be a big part of their, their time playing this game. Well, there's a, there's a demo out right now and you were telling me that the demo doesn't really cover it. Yeah. The demo doesn't really cover it because it's only the first chapter and you can only play in the modern control scheme. So basically one you, you kind of hold down a trigger and you mash a button to get a combo um it doesn't it it, it almost feels like a, a separate entity when you're playing in that that kind of style it almost feels like you know a, a an action game kind of um whereas if you switch to classic it's more of an extension of yeah for those, bird kick right yes. there <laughs> for those who are watching who aren't watching like we just saw part of the clip in our our footage has has Mitchell's character doing a spinning bird kick Chun-Li's little flying kick move um, across building rooftops because there's a big part of platforming in this world. It is, yeah. it is the most, this is, this mode is so unhinged in the best ways. I found like a balloon that was holding like a present on a bridge. And I, I did a rising uppercut to like knock the present, got the present and then got shot in the back by a drone, which started a fight on the street with me fighting some flying drones. Like it, yep. This is a normal occurrence in the game. Like, I fought Roombas. I fought flying drones. Mitchell fought a bunch, bunch of people with, like, TVs on their heads. Like... A bunch of weirdos with cardboard boxes on their head. Like, it is so unhinged in the best kinds of ways. Uh, and I... There's, sounds there's like, like a superhero about. dude. Yeah. That yes. you, that's, it like, level like 25. <laughs> yeah. It's it's crazy. There's a bunch of mini games hidden around the city for different things to do. They have like a uh, scrap heap, which is like the uh, mini game for like breaking cars and stuff like that. There's a whole bunch of different things in the uh, in this open world. Um, and I guess Mitchell said earlier, you know, you travel the world, you get to meet different masters. We only got to meet up with uh, Chun Li and uh, and Luke, but we you could choose our their fighting styles and then mix and match as you leveled up. Um, I think they're, I, you know, I, I imagine we're going to be able to see like Zangief and Dalsim and maybe Blanca. I don't know. I we'll see. So. Uh, but I'm, yeah. I'm, sh I'm sure we'll find all of them. Um, and one of the other things, like going back to that spinning bird kick, uh, that is Chun-Li's master action. And it basically gives you a way to navigate through the world or, you know, interact with the world in a, spe in a specific kind of way. And that 
theoretically is going to be for every character. Every so, main character that appears in this mode is going to have a a master action that you can. So it's like a street with street Troidvania. Yeah, it's, yeah. That's where I was going with it. It's kind of like oh a. It's got Metroidvania aspects to it. That's and there's so a ton weird. of stuff that that is just lying around that you can equip to your your character. I got I found uh, like devil devil wings that uh, gave me increased power, but constantly decreased my life whenever I wore them. Um, so like the the mode is is much deeper than I think anyone really really. Uh, Yep. Yeah. Thinks about sounds, right now. This sounds really fun. I think this this might actually hook people who, you know, like, people, the more casual yeah. audience for fighting games. Yeah, because there's there's a lot of people who buy Street Fighter, Mortal Kombat, Guilty Gear, and they play it for what like yeah. a week or two, and they're like, okay, cool, and then they go online, they get their butt handed, and they're like, all right, I'm done with this. Well, I mean, it's like um, it's ultimately like getting a musical instrument. Like you're learning to play it well. Like you're yeah, you're right. practicing. You're not just you know you're not just kind of. See, you're not discovering new new keys or new tones or whatever. You're trying to get really good at the things you know, and it's I don't know. This yeah. Is, do you think it's a good mode for doing that? Like, if I wanted yes. to, like, I yes. want to start getting good 100%. at Street Fighter, and like, mm -hmm. as an intro to it, like, this mode would. Yes, uh, because there 100%. are one hundred percent. Yes, there are uh, side quests sprinkled throughout the world where characters will challenge you to do specific things, um, and they'll have like a little tutorial and like, hey, this is how you you know tech tech throws to counter wow. throws this is you know uh they want you to do like multi-hit combos in the air and stuff like that this is how you do a cross-up and things like that nice. um i'm sure mitchell has I, other I, ones well, i think cap oh sorry go ahead max i was gonna say we're running out of time here but um mitchell you have the final preview up right now on ign you did a bunch of deep dive stuff on this and also it, the game is out in one month because this summer so crazy is slammed with games that are coming out however before we go i have one game that is not coming out I asked an AI to make Bloodborne 2, and it did. Whoa. And it doesn't look very Whoa. good. <laughs> so I seriously, I used uh, Playground AI to, to, I just typed in Bloodborne sequel, concept art, screenshots, bosses, levels, whatever. And then I also went on a logo generator, and it was like, what kind of business is your logo for? And I was like, candle shop? I don't know. And it gave me this like rustic looking <laughs> Bloodborne logo. That makes sense. But I also got a description. And that's where the fun is. So you, you guys want to know what Bloodborne yes. 2 is about, according to a, a robot on the internet? Uncover the mysteries of Suspiria, where the vicious Darkspawn and their deranged leader Zog are growing stronger by the day. Flee the ever-encroaching slaughter, explore deserted towns, sounds exciting, and encounter a whole host of new and fearsome creatures. All right. Yeah, all right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm all on right. board. Explore a huge open world featuring over 30 hours of playtime, gunfire yeah. game, characters with hand-to-hand -hand combat abilities swappable outfits and weapons with a variety of abilities unique story that takes place on and around the supernatural shattered isles no idea where this takes place <laughs> kind of all over the place uh, second paragraph to open with explore explore the mysterious lands in search of hidden ancient artifacts that hold the key to resolving the mystery behind the dark spawn invasion with Bloodborne, the action and survival element comes first. With Bloodborne, the action and survival element comes first. <laughs> I asked it for some features, and it, it did not disappoint. Here are the new features for Bloodborne 2. A new tip, turning off your autosave in the options menu. <laughs> for the true diehards. For ages 16 plus. All right. Yep. Bloodborne character creation tutorial and combat tips. Okay. That's a feature. Here's a big one. World exclusive trailer. <laughs> I guess it's on there and maybe in the menu. And then finally, this every woman in the game has a unique weapon. 
Every woman. Every, Every woman. woman. Whoa. There you go. There you go. So Bloodborne 2, courtesy yeah. of an AI. There's only two women in Bloodborne 2. Yep. Yeah, the text <laughs> was from Inferkit, and the logo was by Design Evo, and then the PS5 box art template I found on Reddit, a guy named The Denver Gamer posted it. So thank you, The Denver Gamer. Here's some more weird AI-driven Bloodborne concept art. It's that's that's freakish. a good back cover. Can I see the back yeah, cover? Take a look. Yeah, oh. I did all the layout myself. That was by me. But that looks you know. pretty damn good. Max, you got you might have a future in making uh, cover art I cases. Mean, what what game games should we do? We get the AI to make next. Uh, Let yeah. us know in the comments. Let us know yeah. in the comments. Shoot us a message. Whatever. I think this is a fun new art project. Uh, you know, while we're waiting for this the machine apocalypse and all of the robots to take our jobs. <laughs> uh, Anyway, on that note, we are about at time right now. Mitchell, thank you so much for joining us and hanging out and talking Jedi and Armored Core and Street Fighter. It's a good time, man. It's good to see yeah, you. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, Jada, Josh, uh, I want to talk to you afterwards because uh, you really you yes, were act, acting up the whole time. But uh, <laughs> Sorry about no, that. No, thank you also for hanging out. And okay, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to confiscate that. We really don't need... Anyway, thank you, everyone, to, for listening, watching. Uh, be, beyond. 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 <laughs>